rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Speculation about the health of Russia's President Vladimir Putin following Monday's Victory Day ceremonies and ahead of his reported cancer surgery. A news editor says demonstrations outside of the homes of U.S. Supreme Court justices over their possible overturning of Roe v. Wade is one of the scariest things he's ever seen. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors admits she lied about her $6 million L.A. mansion purchased with Black Lives Matter monies and used to host Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. She told the AP she has also used the mansion for personal use. Cryptocurrency worries. Bitcoin's value has plunged four days in a row and is now 50 percent below its all-time high, although it's up between 1 and 2 percent in pre-market trading. An 11-day manhunt for an Alabama corrections officer and murder suspect the CEO fled with has ended following a chase and suicide of the CEO from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Health concerns are swirling around Russian President Vladimir Putin. Putin sat with a heavy blanket draped around his lap and appeared to limp to the podium during Victory Day ceremonies in Moscow, marking victory over the Nazis in World War II. Former DNI director Rick Grinnell on Newsmax last month. The reality is, is that over the last year or two, if you look at the speeches that he's given and the videos, something is happening. Something uh, is clearly different about this situation. The New York Post reporting that according to a video from the mysterious Telegram channel General SVR on Saturday, it said that Putin is scheduled to undergo cancer surgery. He will temporarily hand over power to Nikolai Petrushev, the head of the Russian Federal Police's Security Council. There's also speculation Putin has Parkinson's. Protests there outside of U.S. Justice, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's house. Doug Blair is a news editor for The Daily Signal. He said the pro-choice protests outside U.S. Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh's home were one of the scariest things he's ever witnessed. Blair on Fox and Friends Monday. He called the protests an attempt at intimidation and called out the Biden administration for failing to condemn them. The energy, you could just feel it, was palpably different when Kavanaugh came up. They were yelling, they were screaming. And look, I mean, this is an attempt at intimidation. And I think it really says a lot, too, that the Biden administration is willing to absolutely let these justices out to dry. They're not going to say it's not acceptable for you to go to somebody's house and yell and scream. That's not how we do it in this country. Protests are set to continue throughout the week in front of Justice Samuel Alito's Washington residence. Ruth sent us published addresses of justices after that draft leak opinion written by Alito indicated the high court was set to overturn Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision legalizing abortion, a final opinion set to be released in June or July. Black Lives Matter controversial co-founder Patrice Cullors has admitted she lied about the $6 million Los Angeles mansion she bought in October 2020 using Black Lives Matter monies. She first said she used the mansion for official business. However, the 38-year-old has changed her story. Cullors told the Associated Press Monday she used the opulent seven-bed Studio City compound for recreation twice. We found this really amazing space that's a sweet space 
spot between commercial and residential that has office spaces, that has parking, that has, yes, a home on the property, but also has a soundstage where you could do podcasts and you could do uh, live events in the backyard. Colors used the mansion to hold a party to toast Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's inauguration as president and vice president in January of 2021. Then in March of 2021, she said she used the luxury property to host her school aid son party. Well, after diving over the weekend and into Monday, Bitcoin is up one to two percent this morning. The cryptocurrency dropped five point two percent over 24 hours to thirty two thousand nine hundred forty dollars at seven a.m. yesterday, Eastern time. Bitcoin has slumped five days in a row to less than half of its all time high of sixty nine thousand dollars. That was back in November. The fall is not exclusive to Bitcoin. Ethereum, the second largest crypto, also fell by 5% from the start of the weekend to $2,440. Since Friday, Bitcoin has broken below its three-month rise trend line, falling out of the $35,000 to $46,000 range. It had bounced between in the first few months of this year, and analysts are now indicating the fall in prices could be the start of a new market trend as Bitcoin's valuation approaches the lowest level it has seen since July of 2021. Bitcoin's performance, analysts say, is in line with market trends. After the Federal Reserve indicated it would raise interest rates by half a percentage point Thursday, the largest increase in inflation. U.S. stock futures fell and government bond yields rose. European and Asian stocks also pulled back yesterday. Well, tragic end following an 11-day manhunt. Former Alabama corrections officer Vicki White has died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound following her capture and that of escaped inmate Casey White in Indiana. Here's Sheriff Dave Wedding of Vandenberg County, Alabama. But I want to commend the Marshals Task Force uh, for being here and working diligently with the Vandenberg County Sheriff's Office to put two bad people uh, and get them off the street. No shots were fired from law enforcement during the arrest of the whites who are not related or married. The pair fled the Lauderdale County Detention Center in Florence, Alabama. That was back on April 29th, the day Vicki White was actually set to retire. Authorities in Alabama are preparing to extradite murder suspect and convicted felon Casey White back to Lauderdale County. Police say a tip led law enforcement to the couple. On your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, nice day, sunshine or high, 67. Winds to 18 miles per hour, gust to 28, mostly clear overnight, the lows 48. Winds to 16 miles per hour, mostly sunny day tomorrow, the high 66 and light winds. Right now we have 48 degrees, cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday lauded pro-choice Ruth sent us protesters expressing righteous anger in the wake of a leaked Supreme Court draft opinion showing the court may be poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. In a statement, Pelosi also attacked Republicans and the Supreme Court over the expected ruling. Pelosi says that Democrats will fight relentlessly to enshrine Roe v. Wade as the law of the land. Here's Pelosi. I want the Republican Party to take back the party. Take it back to where you were, where you cared about a woman's right to choose, and you cared about the environment. And all... <laughs> and all the great, all the... Hey, here I am, Nancy Pelosi, saying this country needs a strong Republican Party, and we do, not a cult. The U.S. Senate is scheduled to take a procedural vote Wednesday on a bill that would codify abortion protections at the federal level, superseding any state laws on the matter. However, the bill 
called for by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York, is almost certain not to pass. Republicans oppose it. And in the 50-50 Senate, Democrats don't have the votes to break a filibuster. Mark Esper, the former Secretary of Defense under then-President Donald Trump, says that the former president proposed a number of outlandish foreign policy proposals. The outlandish proposals, Esper says, included things like pulling troops out of South Korea and shutting down embassies in Africa, details of which are in Esper's upcoming memoir, A Sacred Oath, Memoirs of a Secretary of Defense During Extraordinary Times. In a new excerpt shared by Politico, another bombshell allegation says Trump actually proposed launching missiles into Mexico to strike drug labs run by drug cartels. Here's Esper on 60 Minutes. I'd explain to him, we, we can't do that. It would violate international law. It would be terrible for our neighbors to the south. It would you know, impact us in so many ways. Why, why don't we do this instead? The Hill reached out to Trump's team for comment and in response to Esper's claim about proposing to launch missiles to strike drug labs in Mexico. The former president reportedly said he would not comment on the allegation, but called Esper a rhino or Republican in name only. Discounted Internet service for low-income people on the backs of taxpayers, as announced by President Joe Biden yesterday. A $1 trillion infrastructure package that was passed by Congress last year included $14.2 billion in funding for the Affordable Connectivity Program. Now, Biden announced yesterday that 20 Internet companies have agreed to provide discounted service to people with low incomes. You know, the need for high-speed Internet is uh, is a little bit like it used to be probably when my grandfather talked about the need to have a telephone. It's pretty consequential. And they're only going to keep growing this need. High-speed Internet is not a luxury any longer. It's a necessity. The program could effectively make tens of millions of households eligible for free service through an already existing federal subsidy. The new commitment means some 48 million households will be eligible for $30 monthly plans. Families of four earning about $55,000 annually or those including some eligible for Medicaid will get a $30 monthly credit, meaning about 40% of Americans will qualify. Hunter Biden, President Joe Biden's son, allegedly had a tax bill of more than $2 million paid off in full by a high-powered Hollywood lawyer and writer. Entertainment attorney and sugar brother Kevin Morris footed the overdue tax bill facing Hunter Biden, according to the New York Post. Now, Biden's overseas dealings and finances under investigation by the Delaware Attorney General. Morris has also reportedly bankrolled the 52-year-old's lavish lifestyle by covering his rent and daily expenses and helping him to sell his artwork produced at his L.A. residence. Kentucky Congressman James Comer spoke about it on Fox News. Well, we have that computer now in the House Oversight Committee, and uh, we're coming through that. And I can say I share his concerns. Uh, I've been saying for months that uh, Hunter Biden is a national security risk. The question now is, what did Joe Biden know and when did he know it? Morris founded entertainment law firm Morris Yorn Barnes Levine and later won a Tony for co-producing the hit musical The Book of Mormon. He has not publicly announced a relationship with the president's son. But Hunter Biden's New York-based attorney, Christopher Clark, confirmed to CBS News that Morris is serving his client as a trusted advisor. While Morris's office told a CBS reporter the Hollywood's lawyer is crafting a legal and media strategy for Hunter. And we'll have more on Hunter Biden's laptop with our exclusive interview with John Paul Mac Isaac coming up at 550. 
during the 77 WABC Early News. Well, the majority of American voters surveyed nationwide are worried about rising energy costs and favor increased drilling for oil and gas. However, the new poll, which was done by Rasmussen Reports and the Heartland Institute, finds most Democratic voters think climate change is a higher priority. Eighty-two percent of likely U.S. voters said they were concerned about rising energy and gasoline prices. Sixty percent favor a law that would dramatically increase oil and gas drilling in the U.S., Texas Senator Ted Cruz earlier this month said putting a socialist in charge of the country has destroyed it. Biden doesn't pay for the fuel on Air Force One. Nancy Pelosi doesn't pay for the fuel on the private jet that takes her back and forth to San Francisco. John Kerry doesn't pay for the fuel on his private jet as he travels the world lecturing everyone that they need to consume less. 52% of the voters surveyed in this believe Congress and President Joe Biden should focus more on increasing oil and gas drilling to help reduce energy prices. 54% of Democratic voters said they want the president and Congress to focus more on reducing climate change. We have our interview once again with John Paul Mac Isaac coming up in the second half of the 77 WABC Early News. Please stay tuned for that. For now, let's head over to Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your Early News Sports Update. Well, it was fun while it lasted for our hockey blue shirts. And while the fat lady has yet to sing in their Eastern Conference Round 1 playoff matchup with the Pittsburgh Penguins, the 2021-22 season is all but over for the New York Rangers. The swagger that Rangers goaltender Igor Shesterkin carried with him during the regular season has seemingly evaporated into thin air as the presumptive Vezina Trophy winner has allowed a whopping 10 goals in two games, leading to an early exit in both contests. Sidney Crosby continued to play the villain for New York as the Penguins' captain showed out once again with a goal and three assists and route to the 7-2 Game 4 Pittsburgh win. The Rangers will try and salvage at least some of their pride tomorrow night back here at the Garden for Game 5. Some more depressing New York ice hockey news to go along with the Rangers' demise as the Islanders have fired head coach Barry Trotz, with president and general manager Lou Lamorello saying the team needs, quote, a new voice. Lamorello isn't wrong as the Owls missed the playoffs by a landslide 16 points, but the move still comes as a surprise as the down year marked the first time in Trotz's four seasons with the team that they did not make a postseason appearance. To the time to the diamond now, where the Yankees and Nestor Cortez kept rolling against the Texas Rangers in the Bronx. Cortez took a no-hitter into the eighth inning in another dominant performance on the bump, and Anthony Rizzo made sure it didn't all go to waste with this scoreless tie-breaking double in the bottom half of the inning. Served into left center field. Is anybody going to get that? No, it's going to split the outfielders. Here comes Judge, round to third. They're waving him home. Here's the throw. Here's the play. He slides in. He's safe. That call, courtesy of Michael K and the Yes Network, one to nothing is your final score from a tight one at the stadium as the Bombers will get right back at it tonight with the division rival Blue Jays coming into town. At 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time, that matchup will see Luis Severino take the ball against Toronto's Yusei Kikuchi. As for the Mets, they were off yesterday but will return to action tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern in D.C. against the Nationals. New York has yet to name a starter going up against the Nats, Patrick 
Corbin. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Thanks, Justin. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny day, our high 67, wind gusts to 28 miles per hour. The low overnight is 48, winds to 16 miles per hour. Another mostly sunny day tomorrow, the high 66, light winds to 15 miles per hour. Right now, 48 degrees, cloudy skies here on the Big Apple. And Frank Morano standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Another rough day on Wall Street, a massive sell-off for all major stock markets. With the Dow Jones falling 653 points, the Nasdaq dropping 521 points, and the S&P falling 132 China's trade with the rest of the world withered in April under pressure from COVID lockdowns and sagging demand from overseas, signaling the global economy is losing steam as high inflation eats into consumer spending. The pullback in exports that have helped power China's growth is compounding worries over a world economy already shaken by war in Ukraine and rising interest rates in the U.S. and Europe. Data from China's Customs Bureau showed the country's exports rose 3.9% from a year earlier in April, tumbling from 14.7% growth a month earlier. Philip Morris is in advanced talks to acquire Swedish Match, according to people familiar with the matter, in a deal that could be valued at $15 billion or more and bolster the tobacco giant's exposure to the rapidly growing market for smoke-free brands. The people said the talks between the U.S.-based Philip Morris and Stockholm-based Swedish Match could yield a deal as soon as this week, cautioning that the talks could still fall apart. The potential terms and contours of any deal couldn't be learned. Some senior employees from Steve Cohen's firm, Point72 Asset Management, have reportedly been moonlighting as Mets employees in crucial roles. Many are tasked with improving the team's once outdated infrastructure, data analytics capabilities, and technological prowess. Cohen is paying for their time on Mets-related duties out of his own pocket in a bid to make the team not just Major League Baseball's richest club, but also its smartest. Point72 says the work does not impact the hedge funds investing in any way. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. All right, U.S. stock futures this morning climbing after three days of heavy selling futures. Right now, the Dow up 314 points at 32,475. The S&P is up 44 and a half. The Nasdaq has climbed 199 and three quarter points. Gold's up $4 an ounce at $1,862.60. Crude oil down 20 cents a barrel at $102.89. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News this Tuesday morning. While New York working to expand, expand a woman's access to an abortion, as a draft leak opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court indicates the high court is ready to overturn Roe v. Wade legalizing abortion in 1973, if overturned. New York State expects a surge in people from other states where abortions are not legal to come into New York State for abortions. New York State Attorney General Letitia James Monday announced an effort to funnel uh, fund abortion uh, funds to abortion providers to care for people regardless of residency, income or insurance. Every person in this nation should have the freedom to control their own body. Bans will not stop abortions. Bans will only stop safe abortions. The new legislation would create a dedicated state program providing financial resources to abortion providers and patients. The Reproductive Freedom and Equity Program is to be overseen by the New York State Department of Health. James has publicly said she had an abortion two decades ago. 
A murder-suicide involving an off-duty NYPD cop. Law enforcement says 36-year-old officer Sean Armstead was following his wife and her boyfriend in his vehicle when he crashed into them. This happened on Route 211 in Wallkill, New York, in Orange County, late Sunday night. The 20-year-old boyfriend tried to run away, but police say Armstead shot and killed him and then turned the weapon on himself. This bystander told News 12 he witnessed the ordeal. Dodge Charger that was involved in the crash went up the street, spun a Yui, came back out, slammed into the car again, and next thing you know, one guy jumps out and comes over here and starts shooting away. Armstead and his wife's boyfriend, identified as 20-year-old Edward Wilkins of upstate Wurtsboro, New York, died at the scene. Armstead, who lived in Port Jervis, New York, joined the NYPD in July of 2011. He was assigned to a public housing command in the Bronx. Well, the second highest ranking member of the NYPD, Ed Caban, was accused of cheating on his sergeant's exam nearly three decades ago and was disciplined in four other misconduct cases. That, according to newly unearthed records, First Deputy Commissioner Caban was among more than two dozen aspiring sergeants to get wrapped up in the decades-old cheating scandal, according to the never-before-seen police files, which were obtained by the New York Post. Details of these allegations were disclosed in Caban's patchwork disciplinary file obtained through the state's Freedom of Information law. Caban is currently the highest-ranking Hispanic man on the NYPD. He was named the next First Deputy Commissioner late last year. And I will faithfully discharge the duties of the position of of the position of first deputy commissioner, first deputy police commissioner in the New York City Police Department. In the New York City Police Department, according to the best of my ability, according to the best of my ability. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations. Caban swearing in there. Police sources told the Post that the then-inspector had been bragging about the promotion back in November. Now, that was weeks before Keechan Sewell was even selected by New York City Mayor Eric Adams to be the next NYPD commissioner. The total of five misconduct cases span 148 pages, according to the Post, and contain an admission from Caban that he stole pay and employed his department car for personal use. Disgraced ex-New York Governor Andrew Cuomo could get another crack at getting on the state ballot to take on his former number two and successor, Governor Kathy Hochul, in the Democratic primary. The Post has learned a plaintiff seeking to intervene in the Albany redistricting case is asking the judge to reopen the petitioning period for statewide primary elections. That would open the door for a potential Cuomo reemergence. Political gadfly Gary Greenberg filed papers to intervene in the case, which urges Steuben County State Supreme Court Judge Patrick McAllister to redo state assembly lines, as well as the so-called Democratic-drawn congressional Hochelmander, which has, was tossed out for illegal partisan gerrymandering, in addition to Senate maps invalidated for procedural reasons. Greenberg also requested that the judge push back the June 28th statewide and assembly primaries to August while reopening petitioning for those races. That would enable Cuomo and others not running to gather voter signatures to get on the ballot in primary races for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general and comptroller. COVID-19 positivity rates in parts of New York City are back over 20 percent, but hospitalizations are not spiking as a fifth wave of COVID circulates around the state. 
The rolling seven-day positivity rate is up 21.3% for Long Island City. It's up 15% for parts of Queens, along with spikes seen in the Financial District and Lincoln Square in Manhattan. Citywide, the transmission rate is up 90% in just one month, rising 20% in just one week. Here's New York City Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vassan. Cases are certainly going up. Hospitalizations are also increasing. The encouraging news there is that our ICUs and severe illness is significantly low. Dr. Vassan said that a mask mandate is an option. He said all things are on the table if, if things worsen. Hospitalization rates are essentially flat among the vaccinated, boosted or not, while soaring among the unvaccinated. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny day today, our high up to 67. Winds to 18 miles per hour with a gust to 28 miles per hour. Overnight, mostly clear skies, the low 48 winds, 13 to 16 miles per hour. Another sunny day tomorrow. The high 66 winds 11 to 15 miles per hour right now. 49 degrees under cloudy skies here in the city. Well, not uh, welcome news for you if you are a fashionista in North Korea. The country has ramped up its crackdown on things like tight jeans, dyed hair and other styles showing capitalist flair. Sources in the country told Radio Free Asia. Now, in particular, the country's socialist Patriotic Youth League is targeting women in their 20s and 30s. The U.S. nonprofit news outlet said, citing an unnamed source. Now, if caught, these people must wait on the side of the road until patrols have finished combing the area. Then authorities will take them to the Youth League office where they must confess their crimes in written letters. Offenders are only then released after somebody brings them what is considered acceptable clothes to wear. And now a portion of our interview with John Paul Mac Isaac. We're talking with John Paul Mac Isaac, and he is the owner of the now shuttered The Mac Shop in Greenville, Delaware. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News, John Paul. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. If you would, would you take our audience back to that day, April of 2019? You are about to close up shop for the day in about another 10 minutes. And in walks who with what? Uh, Well, uh, in walked Hunter with uh, three laptops. At first, I didn't know it was him. I'm visually impaired, so I have an operational vision about four to eight inches. I can see somewhat to move around between four to eight feet. So when customers walk in, and he can't tell who they are. And I never much paid attention to what Hunter Biden looked like. It just was never on my radar, nor in my inclination. So he came in, uh, stumbled in, I should say, and then uh, presented me with three liquid damage laptops that he wanted data off of the drive. Uh, I saw a Hunter Biden or a Bo Biden Foundation sticker on one of the laptops, and I instantly thought that the uh, these were possibly his deceased brother's laptops, and then he was just trying to get memories off of these devices, which it's not unheard of in the industry to cater to that demand. So I kind of initially I felt bad for him, even though he kind of had an air of entitlement and obviously had no appreciation for his technology. Uh, and then uh, so I checked in. I was able to check in one of the machines to perform the data recovery. Uh, I called him up. I think the following Monday to have him come in and drop off an external drive. And then he did and uh, build him the following day and never heard from him again. 
Was he a bit taken aback the day he brought those laptops into your shop that you didn't immediately recognize him and know who he was? Well, yeah, I, I definitely got that vibe. I The process I normally conduct is I, I ask the customer, can you please provide me your information so I can enter it into the system? And I asked for the first name, last name, phone number, email address. I asked for the first name and he said Hunter. And then when I asked for the last name, he kind of looked at me and sarcastically kind of muttered Biden. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. John Paul, files that you discovered on Hunter Biden's laptop or laptops show allegedly what? Incriminating emails, text messages, photos and financial documents, correct? Uh, Yes. Uh, Initially, during the data transfer, because of the condition of the machine, it was powering off because of the liquid damage. I had to kind of manually drag and drop uh, individual folders and files. And in the verification process, that's when I was presented with quite a lot of homemade porn. Uh, That initially was not that big of a concern until his father announced a couple weeks later that he was going to run for president. So then I just assumed that this dirty laundry would be swept underneath the carpet. And you can hear more of our interview tomorrow morning with John Paul Mac Isaac during the 77 WABC early news, including death threats against him, his handling of files over to the FBI, and then later Rudy Giuliani when he was then President Donald Trump's attorney, his lawsuits, and also his upcoming book. Sid Rosenberg, you might hear him there in the hallway. We are working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program, and you don't want to miss it. Bo Deedle along at 740 with Bernie and Sid and Dr. Nicole Sapphire at 840 because she's an American radiologist and director of breast imaging at Memorial Sloan Kettering. So Dr. Nicole Sapphire with Bernie and Sid at 840. Don't miss 940. The BLA Spoilers Beat Bernie Contest. Of course, you can take part Monday through Friday and 32 Passage Hours. Sid Sports also sponsored by Peerless Spoilers. Don't miss Liddy Reports at 825. And of course, 30 past each hour of the 77 WABC clip of the day. Today, Greg Kelly talks about sleepy Joe Biden and talks about change. So you don't want to miss that. All right. Bernie and Sid here today, ready to go. Stay with us. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. More with John Paul Mack Isaac, our interview with him tomorrow morning during the early news. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done